When you killed the White Walker, almost all the dead that followed it fell. Maybe he was the one who turned them. We can go for the Walkers. Maybe we'll stand a chance. There's a raven flying for Dragonstone now. Daenerys is our only chance. No. There's another. Kill him. He turned them all. Hello, everybody. We are the podcast who has no name, and today I'm joined by John McCann. Hello. Emma Phillips. Good evening. Gareth Evans from all the way down in Australia. Oh, hi. And I'm your host, Len. So, guys, uh, we're going to be talking about the episode, the very, the very much leaked episode, but the episode nonetheless, Beyond the Wall. <laughs> this is official title. Just a quick spoiler warning. We will be going through everything that happened in today, uh, the latest episode, and we also will be referring to some book knowledge. So if you haven't read the books yet and you don't want to hear any book spoilers, feel free not to listen. It's nothing too major, um, but we will be spoiling the episode and some book knowledge. John, what do you think about that episode, bro? I'm a bit conflicted, to be honest. You're conflicted? Yeah. I think the um, the 10-year-old boy in me uh, says, oh, yeah, awesome. Uh, but the cynic in me uh, is like, that was a bit... Mm, was it good? I don't know. Was it good? That is a very good point. Emma, what do you think? I uh, very much in this season have had similar feelings where I've either really enjoyed or really not enjoyed an episode and on reflection felt very differently. I thoroughly enjoyed last night. I am now thinking in much more detail that 50% enjoyed, 50% quite frustrated. That might be John's influence. There were a lot of things that I felt could have been done better, but overall pretty epic. Yeah, well, I've got to echo the thoughts um, over there to be honest because very very similar I think at first I was like oh man that was crazy and then you just kind of think back and reflect a little bit and also have a read on Reddit and things like that and yeah. you see other people pointing out things that really didn't make sense <laughs> or were a bit stupid I think um I think it's one of those episodes where you just need to you have to leave your brain at the door, just go and just go with it. Like that like John said, like Emma said, and like you said, there's a lot of things that when you actually think about it make absolutely no sense. We were all pretty much against the idea of going to hunt down a white and taking it to Cersei from the start. Like we're all against that plan. We think it's a bad plan. But I think um if you take all the logistics away from it and you just watch it as like seven or six or seven of your favourite <laughs> characters going out beyond the wall, facing the Night King and then, you know, the stuff with the dragons at the end. I think if you just take it, like, if you just think about those moments, you know, actually that was pretty awesome. For people who casually watch a show, I think this would probably, and people probably listen to this, they might say it's their favourite episode of the season. And, and I think that's no, I do, a di- yeah, and I think that's completely the difference here. Yeah. We're, we're coming at it from book knowledge, and we're you know, and, we're, um, and other other things, and we you know, we sit here, we analyze it, we talk about it, and we're trying to come up with these reasons why they do certain things. And I think for us, that might make it weaker. I think it's sort of an average episode for the season. I don't think it's the weakest. I don't think it's the strongest. Yeah, I don't think it's anywhere near Hard Home or Spoils of War or Battle of the Bastards. Mm. But I do think at the end of the day, I did watch it, and I was like still 
shouting at my screen, you know, with certain things happening, with John almost dying, with Viserion, which we'll come on to later, dying, which is a massive plot point. Let's get straight into it and start with the first scene, which was uh, this very arty <laughs> shot going over the painted table um, at Dragonstone, and then it cuts to John and the, you know, the Seven Samurai, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Fellowship of the White. Fellowship of the White, Avengers, walking through the... Magnificent Seven. Yes. Um, Walking through uh, idyllic landscapes. Um, There's a lot of conversations that happen here uh, between a lot of good characters. I mean, I I felt one of the strongest parts of the episode was the conversations between characters on the way to the eventual climax of the the episode. There was a... a, I thought the conversations were genuine. I thought the dialogue was decent. What did you reckon about... um, Tormund and John talking about meeting the Dragon Queen, and then uh, he basically said That's that Ma- Mance Raider was a proud man. He didn't he didn't bend the knee, and how many men died for his uh, for his pride? Yeah. Okay. So, um, really good point from um, Tormund. That was that was um, sowing the seed. I do have some issues that I'm sure will come up later, so I won't I won't talk too much about it. Um, but but how kind of. Uh, how huge an impact that had on John is maybe a bit over the top. Yeah. Um, but it's a good point, and it's probably this is what Lucy was talking about actually a week or two ago. How you know he should just bend the knee, but uh, we disagreed, and I think mm-hmm. that he's underestimating how much of an issue uh, or torment in this situation is underestimating how much of an issue mm-hmm. the north the northerners are. It's not about John's pride, is it? It's mm. about um, it's about the fact that the people of the North won't aren't happy for him to do that. They don't want him to do that, and yeah. he needs their support too. Yeah, um, it's nothing to do with pride, in my opinion. It's about um, his kind of duty as king of the North. You know how many of Mance's men died for his pride? I don't think that. I think probably in a, on a one-to-one basis, Tormund meant that for that. But actually, I think we're supposed to see that as looking at all of these people trying to rule and how many people are dying for their pride. Danny, Cersei, John, you know, it's not wrong. Rob, you know, looking right back, even Robert. Um, well, coming from a man that has no pride, um, <laughs> I think uh, <clears throat> I quite like the point that Tormund made. Well, it, it just seemed like such a random inserted bit of dialogue particularly being a wild like a wildling going beyond the wall you'd be like well before we do this mental suicide mission why don't you just bend the knee i think uh that john not bending the knee up to this point is completely legitimate because he's only known danny for like a week or two or whatever the silly time scale is that he's been on dragonstone eight but years <laughs> eight years has actually flown by <laughs> in six episodes but um he he, he needed and we'll come on to this later when we get to it at the end of the episode, but he needed proof that Danny was a righteous person, yeah. like someone who was going to do something good mm. for the realm. The, the act of heroism that she shows at the end um, and the loss that she takes because of that, and I think I think that makes him bend the knee. And I, I think it's far more acceptable after a couple of rewatches than in other episodes. I think I think he just needed that sort of... Um, that sort of proof to do it. I mean, look, there, there are too many people doing things that they shouldn't be doing. Agreed. Uh, and uh, and that and that one stuck out for me. That so one I'm stuck not, out for you. It's too much of like, the reasoning. That's not him. No, he's he's, yeah. much, he's much more of a sort of 
he is literally a wildling he in is the a books. Wildling. Yeah, he's he, he, the wildling. He is the wildling. Yeah, that is true. But there is a good conversation that comes up. Uh, in the same scene between John and Jorah and they have a lovely sort of moment where they talk about Longclaw and John tries to offer the sword back to House Mormont and I, I, and I was thinking last week I mean I didn't voice it but like because we had so many things to talk about but why they didn't have that conversation when he first met at Dragonstone I mean Gaz what do you think about that meeting what do you what do you think well, about that conversation I don't know like, I hope and had a good sword with it because that <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're going to need one. You're probably going to need one yeah. in this situation. They sort of shared a father figure, didn't they? And, um, so it was a nice conversation to have. I think you're right. Like it's a bit, It is a bit weird that it didn't happen earlier, but yeah. I guess maybe um, when it takes months and months to travel up to the wall, then you're going to get time to know some... Oh, wait, no, it didn't. It took about four hours. <laughs> Longclaw is now the, the Stark family sword. So obviously, people who don't remember Ice, which was the ancestral sword, the Valyrian steel sword of of, of, of the Starks got melted down in, in the show at the start of season four and in the books in Storm of Swords. Uh, it got melted down and made into two swords, one for Jamie Lannister and one for Joffrey. Um... And then the Starks obviously have no ancestral Valyrian steel sword. Mm. Every every house apart from the every major house apart from the Lannisters pretty much had a Valyrian steel sword. So this is quite a big moment, hopefully for House Stark and and the future of House Stark. Um, but John, what do you what do you think about the mention of? I think this is the first time we've seen we've seen uh, John when Jorah says to him about let your children um, have this sword you know when you pass it down to your children what do you think about that comment because the first sort of time maybe we see john actually even think about the thought of having children like mm. he's never really done that before yeah uh well yeah i mean one of many mentions of like lineage and what's going to happen next and i thought that was probably the best uh conversational dialogue yeah. or the most natural yeah. dialogue uh in the episode um i do agree uh with gaz uh, again well, what's going on why are they doing this beyond the wall it's ridiculous yeah and and to be honest forget uh whether or not you think you uh have enough honor mm. to wield that sword mm. Look at the state of him when he's wielding the daggers. The size of them. I mean, what's he thinking? Yeah, good He's point. got the worst weapons of all of uh, them. In fact, some of the red shirts, and again, we'll call them red shirts because they are just cannon fodder. Yeah. Uh, they look like they had better weapons. It's yeah. ridiculous. I, I think in him, what I felt from that particular conversation <clears throat> about Longclaw was that he refused to feel like he was good enough to deserve it. Yeah, no, I get that. No, but that's, that's 100% right, yeah. though. I mean, I mean, for his character at the moment, I feel like he's been on... I know you don't like the redemption, but he's been on this redemption arc and... For about five seasons. Yeah, but he, he disgraced his family. He's, he's, the Mormonts, as we know, you've got little <laughs> Lyanna Mormont sitting over there, like seven years old or something. Little bossing, Yeah, little, little fella. Bossing, bossing everyone about. And I think, you know, the father, Gior Mormont, was Lord Commander of the Night's Watch and Jorah for what he did chasing a woman and selling everything selling slaves is what he actually ended up doing he did disgrace his house he disgraced his house and and he he knows he's not worthy of that sword he knows it like in his heart and I don't disagree with that but I do kind of feel like he's proved time and time again that he is a worthy man in his own way and don't okay he made some real mistakes and he was a bit of a twat 
But he's proved mm. that he's capable of being a decent man and that he has honour mm. and he has loyalty. <clears throat> and I just want him to stand up and go, do you know what? Yes, I'm Jorah Mormont and I'm bloody brilliant. Our first stop at Winterfell of the episodes. So basically the scene starts with uh, Arya and Sansa up on the sort of gallery looking down at where they used to shoot arrows and she says about how, uh, you know, she, being a lady, she's not supposed to shoot arrows, but she saw the bow left out and started shooting and then Ned was up there clapping and that's a nice, I think that's a really nice thing that reminds us of that first episode where she's brand shooting, can't hit the target, then Arya out of the out of nowhere just hits the bullseye. It's a nice little nice little moment. And Ned always had an affinity for Arya sort of trying to not be a lady, as it were. You know, he, he hired Sirio Pharrell, you know, to teach her stuff. And that was a lovely scene, but then it turns a bit sour. She gets the scroll out and blames Sansa for his death. Uh, so, uh, John, what do you reckon to that? What do you reckon to that scene? <clears throat> what do you think? I think that they needed a bit more setup, and this is the whole problem with this rush season. I think they need a bit more yeah. setup for it. I'm not buying the fact that Arya would 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 really judge Sansa this much. She's a clever girl, you know. She's she's studied from <laughs> some of the smartest assassins and people with the most common sense in in, in the series. And um, I just don't think she would buy this, which is why I'm hoping, and I think we're all hoping for a big double bluff. But I think we're all hoping that I is actually playing Littlefinger and it's going to be revealed next episode. But I'm not sure how I feel about it. Yeah. I mean, and we've discussed this, I think that's pretty much what is going to happen. Um, and I kind of now don't want it to happen because then Littlefinger would have done nothing this season. Mm. It's even remotely interesting. Yeah. Apart from that very amusing, <clears throat> slightly kind of caricaturist running around with Arya last episode. That was quite amusing. John's saying Littlefinger won't have done anything interesting in the series. Apart from die, like that's what I reckon he's going to do that's mm. going to be interesting, yeah. is be killed. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that, that would... Sure, surely that's coming. Uh, yeah, I think I, so, We'll yeah. go on to our predictions later, but I think we all strongly believe, and we said it a couple of episodes ago, I think yeah. we don't see any... Not many of us see him living past this season. Tormund speaking to the Hound. Um, I love this conversation because it actually made me laugh and, and it was a bit more Tormund he was a bit sort of more on the wild side of things and, <laughs> and, and his pardon the pun and his humour was great I mean the Hound was in it who is obviously the best character I think probably discussed this before yeah um, he is by far the best character uh, interesting call <clears throat> well go on why well you know his um, his his hair is a bit rubbish isn't it yeah I think oh, I the best character has to have good hair no I nonsense. Mean, yeah. like the, the, the hound's got good hair. He has. He does. Yeah, and a great beard. Um, the hound has like character depth, and he has a character arc. Yes. He, he, yes, the hound. The hound has uh, the character arc that everyone thought Jamie would have yeah. in the show, and yeah. it's just not happened. Unfortunately it's not. It's so yeah. weird. Like, like In the books, Jamie has that arc. Yes. I mean, again, the books have only gone so far. Um, and we hope it continues the way he's going, is what yeah, you mean. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the only other character that comes close to uh, to the Hound in terms of depth, and, and potentially even better, would be like Theon. Yeah. Like, like that's what you want you want yeah. someone that is like this sort of conflicted and tragic figure and you yeah. you want to watch it and think I like he's awful but I want to root for him um, and you don't get that with Jamie you just look at him and you think he's a dick he's such a dick yeah um, but yeah, yeah they're, like, they're, the hound is fantastic so 
whatever he does is brilliant, let alone yeah. when he can still, at this point, uh, do a bit of uh, cock humour with uh, with Tormund. I also really like Tormund and the Hound. I kind of want them to be BFFs a little bit. Well, they have a little... That's uh, a phrase I've never said before. Oh, yeah, well, of course. Yeah, Late- the Brienne stuff was The Brienne stuff hilarious. was hilarious. But then we move on to uh, the next scene, which is Danny and Tyrion sitting around the painted table, having a bit of a drink, having a little bit of a chat and a gossip. It starts off as a gossip. And what did you think about that that scene where they're chatting to each other? The first bit that I really enjoyed was was Danny's description of, you know, I, I like the fact you're not a hero because heroes do stupid things and die. And that actually is the sum of quite a lot of what's happened in the last couple of seasons people have tried to be a hero they're fucked up and everyone's dead yeah. it's an interesting scene I, I do find their um, their conversations quite awkward though yeah I think um, there's a couple of interesting things they mention in this chat which <clears throat> Danny's been saying for quite a while now that she wants to break the wheel um, the sort of the sort of dynasty that her great 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 grandfather Aegon when he came over and conquered Westeros he sort of built the wheel as Tyrion says in terms of wardens of the north the south the east the west and you know the distribution of power um, and then the Iron Throne Um, what does everyone here think I mean I mean Gaz what do you think what what do you think she means by breaking the wheel bro yeah it's a good question actually because um, is she setting up the uh, the, the the foundations for democracy. I yeah. don't know. Like yeah. it's not. Um, I don't think that would be a thing that's even slightly considered. But what she does want is to end. Um, I guess she wants to end people being used as pawns in the Game of Thrones. Well, tyranny. Yeah, but it's but it's not about that. It's about. So if you remember when she first said about breaking the wheel, it was. Um, season, well, what is season, the, season five, bro? Season five, and it was about the wheel keeps turning. So, you know, we're going through this cycle. So, yeah, fine. At the moment, you know, it's the Lannisters in charge, but who's it going to be next? And then if it's you, then um, what comes after you? And it's about that wheel that keeps on turning, and that wheel Mm. destroys everything in its path. Mm. And she wants to to destroy that wheel. So I think Mm. it's about – I think it's about protecting – the people of Westeros and I don't know I don't know exactly I don't know if she knows exactly how to do that but the plan is to end to end this cycle of death and destruction and so I guess she wants to win people's hearts as well as win Westeros the thought of democracy is quite interesting um mm-hmm. I've you know I think they don't really have a word for it because they, they've not thought yeah. of it yet I mean Tyrion tries to reference it like you know, the, the Night's Watch has one method. The Greyjoys, for all their faults, have another method. And that's obviously the, the succession of Lord Commanders is chosen by a vote. And the uh, King's Moot is essentially a vote of people just yelling when someone has a good speech. <laughs> um, but, um, so, Who has the biggest cock? <laughs> yeah. So they, don't, <laughs> they, don't, they don't know what this concept is yet they've not obviously thought about it uh, they're not they, you know it's not happened so I think I I do personally see it ending in um, ending in a democracy but I think I don't think John or Danny are making out of the I don't think they're making it to the end either of them if so, if season 8 
is just a political campaign. It's like starting with the shittest. It's like Star Wars: The Phantom Menace. We do not need the trade embargo situation. We don't need to see the Senate. Fuck it. Is this the same scene in which they talk about the fact that she cannot bear a child? Yeah, and this is very interesting because we mentioned it earlier that John hadn't really thought about kids. Going back to season one of the show and the first book, Game of Thrones, um, when the witch that essentially killed and poisoned Drogo, uh, Miri Mazda, she had a prophecy that, you know, when Danny came around, she woke up, she had lost her baby. And they said it was horrific, like a monster, scaled, like a lizard. Mm. And uh, Drogo was restored. He was he was kept alive, but he was catatonic and pretty much useless. And, and she made a prophecy. And she said, when the sun rises in the west and sets in the east, when the seas go dry and the mountains blow in the wind like leaves, when your womb quickens again and you bear a living child, then he will return and not before. And that was talking about Drogo being himself again or you know as many people have thought that her first child might be called Drogo and it's about how she has a child again you're talking about a show where most of the prophecy doesn't actually come to pass I guess mm. like there's there's quite a lot of like misinterpretation so like what prophecies haven't been true really yeah. they have they've just been misinterpreted there's a bit of a difference yeah. I think between Okay, that's um, a good point. A prophecy being incorrect and being misinterpreted. Completely. So I don't know. Maybe there's maybe there's some kind of hidden meaning behind that prophecy yeah. about not having not having kids that we haven't picked up on. And actually, if you listen to that, it doesn't say that she will never bear a living child. Yeah. It's talking about Drogo returning, and we know that she smothers Drogo to death after this prophecy and she hears that he's never going to return to her because she does take it for that there's a theory amongst book fans that (laughs) the sun the sun has uh risen in the west and had set in the east Uh, obviously in the books the dornish their sigil is the sun um and they come from Sunspear and Quinton Martell, a character that we don't even know about in the show, but in the books, mm. he gets sent across to marry Daenerys by the Dornish. Um, so he would be a, you know, a sun right, rise, rising in the west and then setting in the east in Essos where Danny is because he eventually meets his demise at the hands of the dragons when he tries to sort of tame them. Um and then when the seas go dry and mountains blow in the wind like leaves could be when the dragons break out of the Great Pyramid in Marine and they torch it and it like just they say it turns to dust. I mean, there's all these theories going around that saying that... When the that, sea around the wall freezes over and goes dry. Yeah, there's lots of things potentially that could be poetic and mean that Danny might might be able to have children again soon. I'm gonna I'm gonna hark back a little bit to that breaking the wheel bit because actually as we've been talking about this I've been starting to think about how that how that really relates. So we talk about we think the fact that Danny can't bear another child, you know, that John has never thought about having children. But then if you think wider, um, you know, Stannis killed his own child. Cersei 
allegedly will have no more children or her children will never live. So actually it's this more of a wider mm-hmm. comment that you're breaking the wheel of the entire possibility of, of the ruling elements of Westeros. Oh, yeah. We're yeah it's not just about Danny. The disastrous wheels of so many different houses and generations and mistakes are mm. being broken. They are being stopped. Mm. So the next scene, we're back beyond the wall with the Lightly Lads. <laughs> We've got a polar bear zombie white, um, which is quite interesting. Um but it has been mentioned in the books. It was mentioned in Storm Swords. There was uh, when the Fist of the First Men, Fist of the First Men, when the it's Night's Watch were out there. Gay club in so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. There is a pretense for the zombie polar bear thing. So when the Night's Watch are ranging past the wall and they all get massacred uh, by the White Walkers, it like happens at the beginning of end of season two, beginning of season three of the actual show. Um, in the books, there's a there's a moment where they see a zombie polar bear um, or a zombie bear. I don't know, but it, it's quite cool. They finally got a chance to do it. I was genuinely terrified. Actually, I wasn't really expecting it because I was so caught up in the kind of monotony of them walking, the phantom of the white trudging <laughs> through the snow, God. and then all of a sudden this hideous dead zombie bear shit thing appeared, and I jumped and possibly made a small scream. Um, and then I was really confused about who was killed by this uh, white bear. The action was confusing. I do yeah, think. I think because really they're confusing and quite misleading. I thought. I think because they're wearing like north of the wall gear, they all look very the same, and it's like Kenny from South Park. You can't really see their face, so it's like yeah. you just don't know who's getting getting killed. I mean, on oh, second, not in it, is he? Oh God! Well, yeah, he probably was. They killed him about ten times. Poor little bastard. I think it was um, it was a pretty terrifying and amazing <laughs> effect. I, I thought it was incredibly done. I, yeah. Yeah. Scary, shocking. I wasn't really expecting it. I was fearful for everybody. I just, I've actually got, um, just stumbled across it, believe it or not, but I actually <laughs> found the, uh, the bits in the books where yeah. the bear turns up. Yeah. Um, so I'll just, it's in uh, A Storm of Swords, yeah. Samuel Tarly chapter. Um, there was dead, pale and rotting, its fur and skin all sloughed off, sloughed off and half its right arm burned to the bone. Yet it still came on, only its eyes lived, bright blue, just as John said. They shone like frozen stars. Thorin Smallwood charged, his longsword shining all orange and red from the light of the fire. His swing near took the bear's head off, and then the bear took his. Wow. I mean, That's a really good reading, mate. Powerful piece um, of piece of reading. So quite similar oh, to there. quite similar to what happens then. I mean, obviously the, the blue eyes. Obviously, we know about the blue eyes and the whites. Um, but also the flaming flaming swords, mm. um, which we know is a Thoros weapon of choice and potential. I, th- I can't remember if Beric does use a flaming sword in 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 the books, but I know Thoros one hundred percent does. Mm. Um, and and that not use of fire is is obviously very key. So the next scene was just more. Back to Winterfell, little finger sort of manipulating Sansa a bit. Where did she get that from? I don't know. <laughs> All that sort of stuff. <laughs> I mean, it was a bit bit weird. I mean, I've not got uh, my... I mean, I think we can just skip this scene. <laughs> wait, it... hold on. No, no, no. Before we do, before we do, I read the other day this awesome theory. Um, somebody has noticed that every single scene with Littlefinger in it... <gasps> 
you can hear ravens making noises in the background. Oh, Bran. Your little, Bran. Yeah, he's not been very active, has he, the little <coughs> I thought you were going to say something else. Ah, but he, exactly. So what's he been doing? Oh, he's been spying inside the ravens. Well, that sounds awful. No, That's I... I terrible. But I think the ra- I think the Raven thing is interesting. I don't know if the show is that intricate to do it, but that, if it is, then I'll take my hats off to him because that is that would be amazing. No way. So their mission is to capture a white, and very conveniently they stumble across maybe a scouting party led by one white walker and about ten <laughs> ten whites. Gaz, what do you think about that scene, bro? When um when they cap when they captured the uh, captured the white, I mean. Mm. I, I thought there was a lot of interesting little bits and pieces in there. I mean, it was very convenient, but what did you reckon to it? Yeah, well, I think, was it, do you think it was a trap? Because there was that little um, fire there. and mm. I thought they set they... that. I thought they set that. Yeah, I thought, they, I thought they, like, they... John and everyone set that for the... Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that was was the so they should have looked at him and what's going on here. So what kind of... I guess the the important thing, the most important thing that happened there was when they killed the White Walker, the Whites all died immediately. Mm. Um, which, you know, that, that shows that that can happen, which I think is actually a bit, it's a little bit shit because, um, <laughs> well, now it's like, oh, don't worry about all these millions of dead people that are coming, just go and get those five or whatever. And... Um, yeah. It just seems a bit convenient. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's but, all. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, I think the show's kind of underplayed how many of them there are. I mean, it had Hard Home where you saw him raise like ten thousand just from the ground instantly. Mm. But I think mm. I think the idea of their army is just that it's a horde army. It's literally a horde army. There's probably going to be a hundred more, maybe even two hundred thousand in their army. So I think getting to like five, you know white walkers or controllers of the army is going to be extremely tough doesn't matter if you've got dragons or anything because obviously we learn later that dragons are now not as much of a trump card as we thought they were um so i think i think it is still i think it's a really important point i think it is a is a really great out i mean i could you could sort of see this sort of like final battle where danny's like doing the aerial battle and like john's on the floor like having an awesome sword battle with the night king or something and it's it's all so, loads of characters are about to die and then john takes out the night king and they all just fall down very similar to the <laughs> very you know lord Fro- the very lord of the rings yeah. very lord of the rings mm-hmm. and we know that george loves lord of the rings and that is definitely like the ring just dissolving in mount yeah. doom like you could easily see that being like yeah. everyone's doomed and then john out of nowhere takes out the yeah. night king John, what do you reckon to the fact that when that sort of scene where he's making all the noise and, and you hear this like like crowd of them approaching from the hills? What did you think to that? Yeah, I mean it was uh, it's pretty tense, man. This is fanboy stuff, right? Yeah, this this I mean, is I, more I, fanboy. I watched it and I was uh, oh, there'd be so uh, when that happened, I, like my heart was racing. See, so when I heard that <clears> noise. It didn't first occur to me that it was just going to be fuck loads of whites. I thought it was going to be the giant whose name has Yeah, good point. My what, gi- what giant? Not one one. Yeah, the one that's now yeah, a white. No, one, 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 one one's not a white. No, yeah, one one's not a white. Well, whichever giant is now white, there's a white they, giant. They, they ha- they have, they're all the same, are they? They have white giants. That's a very good point. Where are the white giants? Where are the we giants? Saw one we, saw, we, we saw them in season... We saw one one. We, we saw one one time. <laughs> we one, saw one, like one two time. or three of them at the start, the very first episode yeah. of the season. Good point, Em. Where yeah. was that? 
And so when I heard that Ran huge like rumbling yeah. noise, I thought it was the giant white. Well, one, one, and then yeah, his brother, two or three. <laughs> <laughs> like, but seriously, I oh, thought it was going to be a giant, and then when that happened, Just, I was like, yeah, what, what is going on with him? Maybe they'll appear in the next one. I think there's a budget. Th- it must be a budget thing. So Gendry gets sent off as the sort of postman uh, the now Usain Bolt of Westeros yeah, well, what is that did I miss something because I think actually it's more than Mo Farah of Westeros long distance that is true yeah Yeah. Um, good point they sent him off and then they retreat to a, what I like to call a very conveniently placed island um, I think the, the concept of having that little island in the isolate was I think it's very cool so Gendry makes it back he gets the Davos meets him they send the raven to Danny, and and that is that. Going back to the going back to the island, um, John, what did you think about uh, Thoros sort of just dying in his sleep? Yeah, but again, I, I, what's the point? What's the point in that? Just kill him earlier, rip his head off. Yeah, I think. He's he like, sh- oh my god, that was awful. He should have had a mercy killing. I think. Yeah, I do. I I do think that. Give him um, that line beforehand where it's like. Because uh, Jaw looks at him as if he's like, oh, he's, he's dead. He looks I've got at him a bit of a theory. Dead. I've got a bit of a theory that is maybe giving too much credit where it's not due. But in this episode, there was quite a lot of talk about, you know, we've, we all live, between Beric and Jon Snow, and they've come back to life for a reason. They're yeah. here for a reason. Yeah. And maybe it's like Thoros, oh, he's survived. They've fixed up that that wound he's obviously here for a purpose oh no he's just died in his sleep yeah <laughs> good point I mean that no but that is that is potentially true I don't true. know if you could class that as a theory I guess. quite like Beric thinking so much of himself uh, I mean again I mean he's, he's not privy to the script but uh, he's a nobody in this I, I really uh, I'm, I'm glad he's alive I think he's quite yeah. an interesting character with for a beautiful how long voice lasts. but um I really wanted him to be like, I'm the hero, and to just storm forward and get absolutely destroyed by the Night's King. That would have been unbelievable. I was hoping there was going to be some sort of kamikaze mission. So we go back to Winterfell, where Sansa receives a scroll that she's invited to King's Landing. I'm assuming that's the invitation, potentially, Cersei for this big parlay that they're all going to have, the big meeting they're all going to have in King's Landing. Um, And... (laughs) Uh, she decides that she doesn't want to go because obviously why would she go? She sends Brienne instead. I mean, the reason that maybe she shouldn't go is because she's just been complaining, all the Northern Lords are complaining that all the Starks going south. Obviously she shouldn't go south. Obviously now. No, I absolutely agree with that decision as well. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Because because it happens literally, I think it's just after um, Littlefinger says, oh, Bri- Brienne's sworn to protect both of you yes yeah so it doesn't seem to make any sense with that <laughs> it doesn't in mind. make sense but no. when it does make sense it yeah. does make sense if we buy into your idea that this is a, a bluff from yes. the Stark sisters or, yeah the only way that that would make sense is if Sansa knows that she's not actually under threat from Arya she, she does have a bit of a look after at the end of that scene where she sort of like huffs and she's sort of like I don't know like knowledgeable about something it does come across that way 
See, mm. I feel like we're being tricked into thinking that Littlefinger is is fooling Sansa into thinking that Arya's going to hurt her. But what if he's mm. fooled her into wanting to hurt or harm Arya, and that's why she's sending Brienne away? So that yeah, there to protect her. Yeah, they. Yeah. I, it's that not is necessarily true as well. just one-sided in this ba- situation basically there's a lot of fingers and a lot of pies here little fingers <laughs> little, little pies little fingers and little pies I know what's going to happen so Bran is going to walk into Ghost oh, Ghost I thought he said he's going to walk I was like nah I'm not doing that the fact that Ghost that is, is not in more of the show is such a shame because he is I, mean, <laughs> I read something the other day someone went no he died no, no. When? <laughs> when is he died? Dead? I genuinely, when the polar bear appears, the half dead polar bear, yeah. I did think for a moment it might have been ghost. Right, and then I was utterly <laughs> distraught that it wasn't. Here's a point: Unless like John, God, it wasn't, was it? Like John said earlier about the budget, and they've they've wanted to do this polar bear thing for ages. If I was the creators of this show or the showrunners of this show. When you read the books, Ghost is amazing. You'd want to put more Ghost in. You'd be like, oh, I'd love this scene when life. Ghost does this. Yeah. Or or I'd love to see more of Ghost just sort of prowling around the Winterfell yard. I mean, like, it can't cost that much. I just think it's madness. Yeah, I, I can't see it being a budget an Like, in, in all seriousness, it can't be, can it? I think I'm um, after Polar Bear's more expensive. Exactly. They, they had enough Polar Bear. They had about two minutes of Polar Bear there. All I want like, is 20 seconds of Ghost. Them, let's stop calling them Polar Bears because... We call them polar bears because they live at the poles. Yeah. They don't have poles in Not Westeros, bears. do they? They're, they're snow bears. Snow, they're bears. snow bears. Yeah, good point. Very good point. We go to Dragonstone where Danny, wearing a lovely number by Louis Vuitton, comes out of... Uh, comes, <laughs> <laughs> comes out... He's researched come, that. Uh, we could... Um, <laughs> she she walks out wearing his winter coat. You're like, oh, okay, she's going north then. Um, and Tyrion arguing with her that she that, that she maybe shouldn't go north and maybe sometimes doing nothing is the right thing to do. And she says that um, I've I've listened to you before and I've done nothing. I'm I'm doing something this time. And what did you what did you think of her decision to do that and to take all three dragons? Her response of the last time I did nothing, people died. <laughs> actually I thought was pretty powerful and you know we hark back to talking about heroes doing stupid things and dying she's kind of going off to do a stupid heroic thing but standing back and doing nothing has never really helped why after all of this chat about Danny being hit by arrows it's happened several times for the life of me why is she wearing a winter coat and not some armour in all seriousness there might be armour underneath there's, yeah. I mean, armour to stop arrows and stuff. Yeah, that's what yeah, Louis Tom yeah. I mean, you're giving them way too much credit there. She should be wearing Dragon Rider armour. That is a fact. Are what is not, she doing? Are we Me not harking back to the first conversation of this episode about the, the damages of pride? You know, she's been told over and over again that, what? you know, she's she's been she's been saved from death so many times. Yeah. Is she not just being a moron? I think she's just been told too many times she looks too good in that coat and she just doesn't want to, like, ruin it. <laughs> because in all time. seriousness, it's a joke. <laughs> she should wear some armour. Like, and, and yeah. I don't know what anyone else thinks about this. But no, she's got armour. Plot armour. Uh, but because, Shit, because later we know that, obviously, one of the dragons gets fucked up, spoiler alert again, do you not think? Do you not think that the dragons should have some sort of armor? It'd be a bit difficult to get it on, though, wouldn't it? Well, <laughs> I did think that. No, but honestly, I know, honestly, I, I, I thought that after uh, after the fourth episode. You know how people put their dogs in like little football kits. <laughs> <laughs> Who does that? Gaz when he gets a dog. Gaz when he gets a dog. That is what I'm imagining 
Drogon flying around him. Okay, so now we come to the basically the battle scene of the episode. The hound fucking around with some rocks decides to like try and hit some whites. Well, quite yeah. quite funny at the start, and then obviously they learn that the the, the ice lake has frozen over. John, what did you think about that? Uh, the start of that scene uh, where they all started attacking them on the on the island. Well, look, being a McCann, uh, Rory's let himself down there. What's he doing? <laughs> what is he doing? What is he doing? He'd be on full alert. So if he hadn't have started pissing around with those stones and caused yeah. them all to run into the lake and try to kill them again, what the hell would they have done? Just chill I had out. The same question. I had the same Pat question. Would they have just been standing there waiting? Yeah. For a well, no. It's, Danny arrived like literally five minutes later, so it's not like it's. No, no, no. They were they just because obviously it had frozen over, yeah. so they hadn't realised that, and they weren't testing it, were they? They weren't no. like going, "Oh, let me just check this out." So <laughs> would they have just been waiting forever if? the hound hadn't been throwing rocks what i noticed is that um like jorah has we mentioned it earlier he's got dragon glass daggers and no but but against the whites they seem to kill in one shot they're one shotters it's like you stab them anywhere like because because obviously they're like zombies they're like zombies with a regular weapon you can chop off their arms as we saw in season one when john was fighting them at castle black the only thing that killed them was fire even like chopping off limbs didn't work but because they're using dragon glass weapons now they seem to be one-shotting these boys. The Hound has a dragon glass weapon. He, he abandons the hammer and he takes a dragon glass weapon. Tormund's got like a dragon glass axe going yeah, he on. Does, yeah. And, and, and these dragon glass weapons are literally taking down these zombies in one hit. You don't have to take their head off. You don't have to burn them. You just, you literally inserting these weapons into them and they're dying. Well, okay. So where, where is the reference that they Agreed. Have? Yeah, what, I've seen what? that scene like so many times now. Yeah. And it was only on like, I don't know. I mean, I've not watched the whole episode three or four times, but I've seen that scene yeah. on more than one occasion. Yeah. And it was only on, like, I think yesterday in full HD, non-hacked, that I could see these, like, the, the dragon glass weapons. Yes. I was like, what the fuck? Like, so, what, where's the reference to it? They could have just literally said, well, thank God for this dragon glass. <laughs> That's not- um, I, I have to say, we were talking earlier about the, the challenges, especially when you know where you think a story should be going and you have so much of a critical perspective, but the challenge of suspending belief when you mm. when you watch mm. these episodes and how that that feeling changes in retrospect. When I watched that scene where Tormund almost died, I was genuinely traumatised by the idea that my favourite wildling was going to die, and I believed mm. he was. I thought he was, I thought he was dead. I mean... And I think it was great. I think because you know he was so close in Battle of the Bastards to dying, this, this time they were like, well, he's just going to go now. But um, the fact he, the hound saves him, which is quite, I think it'll be quite a fun duo Brilliant. potentially in the future. So as they're like John shouting, fall back, fall back, fall back to where? You're on a little island. But then this, you, you know that Danny's coming. She arrives and she absolutely tears up the place with Drogon, Viserion and Rhaegar. Burn it, yeah, well. Those crap dragons. Who, who Drogon and some other fellas. That she comes and saves day. Drogon makes a cool landing and she's like, yeah, John, get Get on the dragon. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And no, John 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 looks at her for about five seconds during the middle of this chaos. Sexy incest. And then decides, I'm gonna show off here. I'm gonna go kill some whites yeah, in front of her. What's he doing? He's going a bit mental, isn't he? Yeah. What is he doing? You see the Knights King grab a spear of some kind, you're like, oh fucking hell. This is all this is all gonna go horribly wrong. Go. Uh turns out he's had ten thousand years of practice and he's his arm is really good because he he absolutely destroys Viserion. 
Okay, so this, I think, is what actually does make it overall, like, uh, quite a cool episode, because that Ooh. that was, even though, I, I mean, even though you're right, in, in the sense that we don't, we didn't get to know Viserion properly, um, we don't necessarily know that it's him, if you're not sort of an avid close watcher and book reader, it was still really, I thought it was like heartbreaking. Yeah. I was devastated. And, um, and I thought that is just a huge thing that we haven't really thought about. Like we've always thought, so Danny's got these three dragons, like that's going to be, that's going to make a huge difference. We've talked about, um, the three heads of the dragon, Yes, which, uh, you know, that has put paid to that. It was just, it was it was brutal, like the way the blood was sort of pouring out and oh, it was screaming. Really and oh, um, the, the, the scream from uh, the other dragons was oh, yeah, yeah. was Dra- horrendous. Dragons. I was just like, and and they played. They they Can actually give us uh, an impression of, of that then. <laughs> That's my impression. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I love the idea that as you're watching that happen, that was your reaction. That was my reaction. <laughs> I'm tone deaf in many ways. Dragon impression, singing, lots of things. <laughs> I do feel for the first time in a long time, this is the most Game of Thrones death we've had for a while. Um, because losing a dragon is potentially the biggest death we've had in terms of power shift for ages. Yeah. Well, I mean, to an extent, two dragons are still better than no dragons. Did no one think that, that the show's sort of really undersold the other dragons? They've just not really utilised them the way they should have. Yeah. I, I think it's... No. <laughs> <laughs> Just no. That's, I was basically going to say the same thing, but less concisely. Yeah, no. I, I mean, the dragons the they don't have personalities. I, I, no, they do have personalities. In the book, they all have personalities. They all have different traits. Like, Rhaegal's yeah. aggressive, yeah. and he, he's the most aggressive of the three. Viserion is the smartest, they say, and they say mm. that he's the one that to mentioned to my favourite character, shout out from last week, Brown Ben Plum. Viserion, <laughs> Viserion is the one that Brown Ben Plum goes up to. So, shout out to BBP. No, I appreciate the fact they have their own traits, but actually, in reality, we can't communicate with them. It's not fucking Harry Potter. Not past the tongues. All right. I don't think communicating with dragons is up for debate in this. No, but my point being that they're not going to have a real personality if you can't communicate with them. They're either going to be a thing, they have a trait. Yeah, so I guess, like, when Tyrion goes down and frees the first dragon, then it Mm -hmm. goes and... Who's the second dragon? Like, who is who in that? Exactly. Yeah. They don't even ever say their names. They they say their names, like, once in two seasons. Little little nod. So go on then, free me then. Yeah. And you think, oh, that's a smart dragon. Yeah. So is that you're supposed to be going? Oh yeah, that's that one. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point actually. <laughs> look, going. To I love the, that scene. That's like. No, I love that scene, and that's what everyone thought. Oh, three heads of the dragon. So if anyone listening doesn't know, the three heads of the dragon theory is that the Targaryen sigil and Aegon and his two sisters when they con- conquered Westeros there were three of them there's three heads of the dragon on their sigil and it was believed for a long time that it would be uh, Danny, John, who we now know is a Targaryen and the potential other Targaryen based on a long running book potential book theory that, that Tyrion is actually a Targaryen rubbish theory rubbish theory and, and probably now disproven by the fact that we've lost a dragon it's not a rubbish theory in terms of uh, the possibility of it, yeah, yeah, um, but 
it would be shit in terms of it um, being a I guess placating mm. Tywin's uh, like absolutely unnecessary hate yeah. of Tyrion. They just desperately want him to be part of this Targaryen troop, but yeah. um, you know he he isn't. Let's just get over that one. He's he is a Lannister. He's just a good Lannister. So, question for you guys: If you don't believe that Tyrion is is a Targaryen, do you still believe in the three heads of the dragon theory? No, I don't. Okay, fine. John uh, tells Danny to leave as she sees the Night King whack out another spear, about to head towards Drogon. No one knows why he didn't go for Drogon first. Um, easy target, sitting down. But um, John says, "Go, go, go!" And he tries to run back to Drogon to get on, but he gets tackled and knocked into the the ice lake um, and you're like oh my god not again not John again I guess with with John being taken out I I don't know about you guys but I never I never thought he was actually gonna die his um, no. his plot armour at this point is way too strong and he needs to be there for something more significant um, yeah so uh, so that wasn't I was, it wasn't a surprise I guess I didn't feel the tension that you're probably supposed to because I just didn't buy that he was going to die. Um, yeah, but, but I still, I still got the um, the emotion, the emotional tug that must have been there to. Um, that sounds dodgy, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> emotional but, tug. But it was the right decision. It was the only logical option was to fly off. <clears throat> yeah, after they fly off, there's an amazing shot of Longclaw. You just see the pop, the pommel head of the sword on the ice. And then there's like a 20 seconds of nothing. And then John just comes out of the water. I just thought that was an amazing shot. John stumbling, obviously now suffering from severe hypothermia, which is definitely true. He was underwater for an untold amount of time. I mean, are we supposed to believe now that maybe, maybe John, maybe John can't die. Like maybe John physically, like even drowning. I mean, he was under there for a very, very long time in freezing cold water. Maybe, maybe we're supposed to believe now that he's got some, after being brought back like Beric, he's got some sort of like severe, you know, immortality maybe. complex. I mean, but he he um, he makes it out, and then he's got about another thousand, two thousand whites that are about to chase after him, and out of nowhere <laughs> comes Uncle Benjin, cold hands himself, to save the day. And what did you think about that? Well, I was going to be really annoying and I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to hark back to the beginning of last week's episode so we suspended belief enough to think that Jamie Lannister could sink to the bottom of a lake, mm. end up on the other side of it and still survive. It's not yeah, that, that disbelievable that Jon Snow could survive that. Yeah. Having said that, Benjamin Stark, <clears throat> with that swinging, fiery, white-killing piece of machinery, was an epic entrance. Yeah, um, cool. Just a bit sadly didn't just leave with John to be honest well yeah I mean uh, but that, that sums it all up though like I, uh, again I've had a few beers when I watched it so uh, my uh, my reaction to Benjamin coming out of nowhere was uh, oh come on yeah alright yeah and then uh, 30 seconds later he's just lying on the floor being raped by these uh, <laughs> fucking uh, whites and I'm like oh for fuck's sakes I mean, I guess he did kind of fight them off and sort of give by John even he, that I mean, 30 seconds to get away. He hit two of them. Yeah, that is true. I mean, Ridiculous. He just fell on the floor. At least give him five minutes to take out 100. Be, ridi- be really ridiculous. Yeah. 
I make it that it's like a path that he's like clearing or something like that. They just seem like a needless sacrifice. Like, I, mean, I guess in the I books, I understand it. I suspect that he he again in the books he can't go beyond the wall. Um, yeah, or at least uh, he can't that, he can't go past the wall. Yeah. yeah, but fuck's sakes, like what, what a way to go out. He walked into him for fuck's sakes. Yeah, it, I mean, John always had an affinity in the books. He's got a massive affinity for Benjin. In the show, you know that he fo- Benjin he followed Benjin to the wall. Benjin was first ranger, which is like the second most senior post behind Lord Commander. Ever since season one, John's been looking for Benjin, and he's just to see him. He's just to see him for this little brief period of time just blew his mind, obviously. And he was yeah. it was such it was you know it was just so sad that. He, that they they had to just only have those two words for each other, but it was nice. <laughs> it was nice that yeah. Benjin got to save John. I do see something similar happening in the books mm. with that. I, I really can see Benjin saving John because I'm sure it'd be more than a paragraph. I'm sure it'd be more than a paragraph as well. But I, I think that was a really nice touch. Mm. So John gets away on the horse, and then we 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 cut to everyone else who had flown away on Drogon at the wall, making it back there. Uh, and from what we gather, the Hound is now parting ways with the Brotherhood, which leads on to a very popular theory. <laughs> the bloody Clegane Bowl. <laughs> it's definitely happening. If, if the Hound, he is going with the White, he is going down to King's Landing, and it is going to be epic next week when he finally meets his zombie brother, who we believe has Joffrey's face, potentially. Oh. Um there's no way that's if that's, that's true that's true. mental there's but, no um, way he's definitely true. meeting zombie oh, Kagane it's got Joffrey's face it does that's the thing no it's not even yes no in yeah I'm sure I'm almost sure that in the books that is absolutely certain so if we believe that Kagane Bowl is going to happen next week we'll get <laughs> <laughs> We'll get onto the theories a bit later about that and how and how it could happen. But um, Danny waits for John above the wall. You know, Jor does that. It's time to leave, Your Grace, and we and we and we all sort of go That's... with it. And then out of nowhere, Ryder at the gates, and then John appears. <laughs> Who's that? Ryder at the gates. <laughs> Jesus, swap roles. So John is saved. He's on the boat. They rip his part his clothes, which was quite quite cool. She oh, was just needed. Keen. keen, yeah. But you you, you see that all the wounds that he's taken from the stabbing that he horrendously got. What did we think about that? The way Danny looked at John. Then saw those wounds. What do you think, Gaz? Uh, I think the way I mean, look, she's in love with him, isn't isn't she? That's that's obvious. Um, but it is a an illicit love. It is forbidden. It cannot happen. We go we go from uh, Danny sort of seeing John Scars back to Winterfell, and we see. I think of all of the Sansa Arya scenes, this one has the most legs because Arya is very, very creepy in it. Uh, the scene in general, it was fine. It's, it's quite difficult to watch a scene like that. Yeah. Um, after such a massive battle, but yeah, I thought that was weird. They cut to that scene after that massive battle. So hopefully, we're hoping that Arya is playing the smarter move, the double bluff, and we're going to see it next week. Um, an interesting theory that I had coming out of it was um, what does everyone think about 
I think Arya, we've all agreed, is going to kill Littlefinger potentially next episode with the cat's paw dagger. Mm. Mm-hmm. What does everyone think about Arya taking Littlefinger's face? Uh, what do we think about that? Maybe going to King's Landing, causing a bit of trouble. That's pretty good camo. I like that. Yeah, I, I, I think it's uh, it's possible. Um, but she also gave that dagger to Sansa. Yeah, I, I do. Sansa. I mean, Sansa um, can't do nothing. Ah. No, so if if you take somebody's face, you you also take on their voice, don't you? Because and otherwise, you have to try and impersonate Littlefinger, which is just way too hard. Yeah, well, no, you take it all. Um, so we go back to Danny and John on the boat. John wakes up, and who's there but Danny? Uh, you know, sitting by his side, waiting patiently. Auntie Danny. Yeah, Auntie Danny looking after her nephew. Sexy Auntie Danny. I actually quite liked. Um, John calling Danny Danny. Mummy. I really like that. That really <laughs> surprised me. And it only surprised me at the point where she went, no one's ever called me Danny since I was like two or since my stupid thumb brother was alive. Yeah. And I, because I call her Danny all the time. Yeah. Because I'm just lazy and I can't be all so generous. But I really like the fact <laughs> he just felt that familiarity. And she references the fact that nobody but her family or her brother, I know mean, she hated them. Mm. And we did too. Um, has ever called her Danny since what do we think about John bending the knee well unnecessary I, so I get it I get it from an emotional point of view but from a political perspective mm. he didn't need to at that point if he needed to bend the knee if she was hovering about with the dragon going bend the knee and I'll pick you up then I get it mm. but <laughs> at, at, point, at that point it's like she's you're, you're out of danger now you don't this isn't the time to do it but but, again, I get the emotional side of it a, rather than the political side. All he was looking for all along, as I said earlier, was proof that she was gonna that she is a righteous person. And I know we've talked about her maybe bending towards the mad side recently. <laughs> um, but but yeah. she 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 yeah, she proved herself to to John in the, in that in that act of heroinism to to say to save him <laughs> and to save all of them. And that's all he yeah. wanted. The last scene is something that sort of comes out of nowhere a little bit. I mean, you, you might think it after the, the dragon <clears throat> dies, but we see the Night King uh, resurrecting Viserion and you see the eyes turn pale blue. Uh, and, yeah, so now we've got a white dragon. Where, where did he get the chains? I don't understand. Where did he get the chains? Who cares about the chains? I thought that scene was spectacular. It, it was... Oh, it was slow that. and it it dragged it out, but I thought in the in really the right way. In that you know we all knew it was going to happen, but let's not rush it. Let's really enjoy the fact that they are dragging this dead dragon out of the ice and just bring him back to dead life. Dead life. <laughs> dead life. Dead life. Dead life. It's a new thing. Yeah, it's like park life, but <laughs> like dead true life. Less Sing fun. it to the tune. It works. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought. Um, I thought that was a, just an absolute game-changing scene. Obviously, we talked about it briefly earlier, but now the fact that the stakes the stakes are higher than ever for our like heroes. Uh, now there's you know two regular dragons and one dragon that might be harder to kill than <coughs> the others. So I think it's yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. I think it's quite interesting. Can you kill a dragon with dragon glass? We don't really know how they're killed. I mean, that I I haven't read anything. Uh, I can't I mean, be reading anything to say how we kill them. The uh, d- dragging the dragon, 
out of the ice with uh, with the chains. Uh, does that not kill any sort of surprise or anticipation that this dragon is going is going to become a white dragon? Because for me, I, I would have loved that scene to have just been them there in this like utter chaos, and then you go back to. Um, uh, the Night King, similar to Hardhome, just raising his arms, and then the dragon bursts out of the ice. That would have been unbelievable. That would have been. They fantastic. clearly didn't have the budget to do that. Yeah. Um, but that would have been like so good. Yeah, that would have been. And it just would have been this instant. Oh shit, man! I didn't see that coming. If the episode ended with literally a bang, like him crashing through the ice like that, and then roaring at the screen, so I mean, that would have been pretty cool. I didn't think yeah, about how, that. That's how would point. that roar have gone? we're not going back there um, we're not going back there so here's a question do we think that the fact that Viserion has been brought back as a white do we think that he is going to be a mythical ice dragon uh, so ice dragons in the books have been mentioned very very fleetingly um, but luckily we have the world of ice and fire with us right here which is the encyclopedia of Game of Thrones essentially released about a year and a half ago two years ago how much does it retail for Retails for about thirty nine ninety nine. It is a bargain. It's it is a, a bargain. So the World of Ice and Fire says these colossal beasts, many times larger than the dragons of Valyria, which is what our dragons are, are said to be made of living ice with isles of pale, pale blue crystal and vast translucent wings through which the moon and the stars can be glimpsed as they wheel across the sky. Whereas common dragons breathe flame, ice dragons supposedly breathe cold, a chill so terrible that it can freeze a man solid in half a heartbeat. So do we think that it's going to be an ice dragon? Or do we think it's just an undead dragon? I think it's an undead dragon. Undead dragon, because he's not... So if it's an ice dragon, these ice dragons are supposed to be bigger than regular dragons. He's just a regular dragon, but is mm. dead. dragon. I mean, but 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 depends what you define as a regular dragon. Like there, yeah. there have been dragons that have been the size of dogs. Agreed. There are. So you think you think that these guys are already bigger than regular dragons? Well, they're the maybe. same sort of size as the what? dragons that conquered Westeros three hundred years ago. So Beleriand the Dread and the other two, I can't remember their names. Varaxis and I can't remember the other one's name, but they were massive. Benny. And the and these ones are massive. Yeah. Well, hmm, I don't know. I I think that sounds like it's a completely different being that is um, much bigger. But uh, I don't know. Yeah. I just I just I just I just think they that the show has got such an opportunity here for something very visual, which is ice against fire, the song of ice and fire. I cannot see them not going via the ice dragon route. Mm. Oh, I'm not. Say- <clears throat> I'm not saying that. That yeah, it's probably going to breathe out ice, isn't it? His flame thing's broken. Um, yeah, he's not. I can't see him coming out being undead and and breathing fire. I think you're right. I think he will. He will breathe ice. And yeah, that is um, all about some of ice and fire. But I don't think he's. I, I reckon there's a different creature in the histories of westeros and that is the ice dragon i I don't think ice dragons were undead dragons personally let's just move on to our predictions for the season finale um massive episode next week where we think that the big meeting in king's landing is going to happen between everybody and they're going to show cersei this this white Uh, i was going to go around and 
I'd like your theories and predictions and also any characters you think might die next week. John, I'm going to go to you first. Oh, man. Part of me feels like the next episode does feature a meeting of very suspect people. Uh, I just feel like something's going to happen uh, that will be detrimental. Part of me feels like another dragon could die. Another one? Yeah. Oh, my God. What, so it's just Drogon left? Well, who says that it's Drogon that doesn't die? <laughs> yeah. But a part of me feels like both dragons could die. And then, like, it completely flips the script. Uh, I don't want it to happen. I love the dragons. But it would be very Game of Thronesy to eat like either that or Danny or John to, to go. I can't, I can't see any... I can't agree with that, John. I think, I think it will end on a cliffhanger. Um, and what exactly that entails, I don't know. But um, well, guess something. It, it will be be bold. Well, I don't know. Like it will end with with John or Danny or a dragon being in peril, and it's like, well, what's going to happen? And we have to wait however long until yeah. we find out. But um, like like we've mentioned, Littlefinger death. That would be a yeah. satisfying time to to end his his tale. I think. Yeah. Um, and and maybe the the Sansa oh no the well the Stark the Stark kids plan will maybe be revealed and yeah. <clears throat> Brands hopefully be in on it um, yeah. doing some actual stuff rather than just sitting there yeah and um, Arya and and Sansa have been playing uh, Littlefinger perhaps that would be a nice reveal yeah yeah um, do you think do you think we're going to see the uh, the white arrive in King's Landing and yeah, yeah, that's definitely well, happening, bro. That, meet, that, that? That, that meeting is definitely happening next. I mean, I've seen the preview. There, the, oh yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah, meeting yeah. is happening. Uh, the the in the preview, so, the armies are surrounding King's Landing. The they're meeting in the Dragon Pit mm. at, at King's Landing, and everyone's present: oh, Jon Snow, Cersei, Brienne. Um, the Hound, which is why we mentioned Game Ball, um, Jamie, everyone, Kyburn, everyone is there. Ned, um, Ned, all right, raised from yeah. the dead. Um, so we know that Ned's ha- the white. <coughs> what, <and> the, uh, <laughs> Ned's so, the white. Jesus, so the episode, the episode is called the Dragon and the Wolf, yes. which has led some people to speculate: Are we going to see a bit of a flashback between the mm. Dragon Rhaegar and the Wolf Lyanna? No. I mean, if we did, I mean, I, I think we've got all the pieces there, but I would love, I would love that scene. No I, way. I think people are still confused. I, mean, I, I think that Cersei will somehow orchestrate the death of Jamie. Nah, no way. What next episode? Yeah. No way. Really? Yeah, I really do. No. If that happens, I don't know what I do. I eat a hat. I'll eat a hat. All right, I'll bring one. I'll eat a dragon. Um, but I also I think mean, we're definitely going to see Clegane Bowl and uh, Joffrey's face. <laughs> I'm going to go for. We've obviously got the meeting. I think that's going to go weird. I think that's going to be weird to see to see John and like Cersei interacting. I think that's going to be really weird. Danny maybe, and maybe Cersei. Maybe they hook up. Maybe they hook up. Mm. Yeah, good point. John and Cersei. Um, do you know yeah. what? Do you know what's going to be? I think uh, Danny and John are going to have uh, sexual relations next episode. Oh Jesus, no. It's happening. It's going to happen. It's called The Dragon and the Wolf. The next episode, The Wolf and the Dragon. That it is, is true, definitely yeah. happening that they are going to have sex. 
Come here, Danny. They, you could, it was so Come signposted, here. this episode. Come here, Auntie. I think the only way the season can end... Ooh. I mean, they've got the ice dragon now, or the dragon that is undead. I think it's an ice dragon. I think they're going to bring down the wall next episode. Shit, that's not a bad shout. The wall is coming <laughs> down, and that is how the season is going to end. Is, is Viserion now Gorbachev? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, basically. All of this has been a clap on the Berlin Wall. There's no one else thinking the wall's coming down. If they needed a a dead dragon to come and tear down the wall, then couldn't they have just not done anything and just left the White Wall? Well, well, this has come on to an interesting theory that we've been talking about, which is we, we, we kind of think the Night King is exactly the same as Bran in terms of his ability and the three-eyed raven in terms of his ability to see the past, the present and the future. So mm. there's a big theory going around at the moment that, and we're, I think most of us here are supportive of that theory that that's why they were waiting around that ice lake and, and waiting for the dragon to show up. He, and maybe why he chose to kill Viserion. Like he knows something that we don't know. Um, mm. And, you know, he was just waiting for his chance and this is that chance. And and it's going to be a really interesting battle potentially between him and Bran to see who can sort of be the most, you know, have the most foresight, who's the best green seer, you know, out of the two of them. The other theory that's been going around that I hate, but it's around, that the Night King is Bran. The theory's got legs. Brand. Brand, unfortunately, doesn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he does have legs. They just unfortunately don't work. Um, so much like the theory. I, I like I like the theory. I think the theory is really dark and twisted, but I can't see it happening in six episodes. But mm. but a lot has happened in six episodes. Similar noses. I think the theory of the Knights King being able to obviously have the same powers as Bran or the Three-Eyed Raven now is is really spot I like on. That, yeah, that I think that's cool. spot on. And I think that makes it so even. They've both got green seeing abilities on both sides of the armies. They've both now got dragons. Um, you know, so there's a there's just loads of different factors which are all sort of really equally matched. The Lord of Light has led numerous people to that patch of the uh uh, beyond the wall, the same mountain. What, the same mountain, you mean? Yeah, right. yeah. It's like Beric, John, in a way, like bringing him back. The Arrow, uh, the Hound, Thoros, the Hound. To what? To what end? They were like left there to die. The dragons didn't have to save them, and then suddenly he's got a dragon. So, uh, like, what? Like, what is the Lord of Light doing there? Is is the what Lord is of Light just? Yeah, what well, is it? Just oh, chaos. Yeah. So interestingly, that same mountain was featured when you saw the very first White Walker when Bran was going back in time mm. and looking how the White Walkers were made, yep. that same mountain where they were all just surrounded on that island was where the first White Walker was created by the children of the forest by inserting a piece of obsidian or dragon glass into a human heart. We believe that to be the Night King. We believe that to be his origin story. Mm. Um, so it's interesting that that place has obviously got a massive significance yep. for the story. I personally see the battle for the the, the, the Planetos or whatever they call it being... <laughs> it's called Planetos, isn't it? Is it? It's called Planetos. Yeah. Is it? It's called oh, Planetos. Yeah. Westeros yeah. Essos Planetos is, is his name. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. I see the battle for Planetos being uh, sort of at Winterfell. I see the final battle being at Winterfell and I see... I see the Night's King breaching the wall this season. Um, 
yeah. and but, that and that might be the place where winter fell. Exactly. That's so, it. There you go. The place where winter uh, fell. Final scene then of the of the episode will be um, the wall coming down. Dead Viserion burning down the wall. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think Turn so. Yeah. I mean, that's just a bold sort of. But I thought the wall. I, was don't, I don't think that is bold. I, I, I think, thought the wall was coming down last year. To be honest with you, yeah. I mean, it's, I it, the amount of time it's taken these guys to get to the wall, these White Walkers, is mental. Considering that Genvy ran it there and back in an episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he is the flash. Yeah. Overall, we're wowed by the episode on lots of levels and disappointed in it in others. But I think it is going to be very important. <laughs> And I think I think we can all say we enjoyed it. Like there's none of us that sat there and didn't enjoy yeah, it. We did yeah, enjoy absolutely. it. Like and, and, right. and it had loads of fanboy and fangirl moments. I think that <clears throat> I just think it was great in that respect. And this is an episode that we have spent an immense amount of time discussing. So yeah. it must have had a huge amount of depth. Yeah, to, it's got it's got it. a lot of depth, a lot of problems, a lot of depth and a lot of good points. I mean that's why it ma- makes it a great episode to talk about. But next week, as we said, it's the dragon and the wolf. I hope you join again for that one Gaz thanks for joining us from Australia thanks to John and thanks to Emma for being here as well and it's been a marathon chat but um, we'll join everyone next week for the season finale can't believe it's here already but thanks very much for listening guys and Kagameball just Kagameball again credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.